Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone. I'm Emil. And I am Bex. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? Or maybe not so right. Sometimes as things get hard, we just want to grab our friend's parents' landline, call our parents, and cry, Mom, can you pick me up? I mean, we've all been there, right? Listen, we're guest hosting Love Struck Daily today. Uh, We're giving you something a little bit different from what we're used to. You know, instead of talking about love for a person, we're going to talk about love in a broader sense, love for our planet, love for this world and all the people in it, because that's what matters most to us. But Bex, they might be asking, who are these people uh, (laughs) on this podcast? So why don't you kick it off and tell us a little bit about you? Absolutely. I am Bex Taylor-Klaus. I am a non-binary actor and producer. I'm based in LA. And mostly I'm uh, I'm chasing queer joy in my life. So I'm excited to be here to try to bring a little bit of joy to this unending chaos. I love it. Um, I'm also based in LA. My name's Emil Inish Jr. I'm a TV host and personality. Um, and yeah, I kind of am the same. Like I, my my main goal is to just make people smile and bring them joy, which it, with as little judgment as possible. Um, I feel like there's way too many people in this world who have their own opinions and they try to force them on other people and all these different things. And I feel like if we just all loved each other. The world would be a better place. And we'll kind of get into more of that as we go along. We're both millennials, and 
you know, we're going to keep this positive, but the world sucks. <laughs> it's terrifying. It's like every day is like you have the urge to call your mom and be like, mom, pick me up. I'm scared. But she's never going to come. It's up to us now. She's not coming. It's, it's really up to us. And, and the thing is, you know, I know we all open our phones. Some of us are addicted to these apps and rightfully so, just because you need that distraction from what's going on outside. But here's the thing. I feel like we were all raised to believe certain things. Um, everybody obviously grew up different, but our generation, like we really, uh, we really were taught to uh, kind of avoid it and it will go away and it's not going away. So that's what we're here for. <laughs> we were handed this mess by a bunch of adults who were like, well, we'll just leave it for the next generation. We were told to do that as well, but right. I don't think that any of us listened. Nobody listened, and we're here to not only bring you uh, something to smile about, but also kind of talk about those deeper topics with a little bit of levity and a little bit of depth. So let's get into it um, by starting with the game that we're calling Five Good Signs. So. Uh, we have a minute <laughs> to name five things, just five good things. So do you, do you want to start or do you want me to start? Oh man, this is, this is a challenge. Let's do this. I, five good things. That's, yeah. oh. all right. Ready? Start the timer now. Okay. First good thing is the executive order signed to advance LGBTQI equality. Um, uh, the other good thing is the transgender bill of rights that's being pushed right now. And hopefully we'll be signed. That one gives me hope. Oh, there was this uh, something I saw on TikTok about a queer meetup for travelers, queer travelers on the road, queer and interracial couples who are traveling on the road. And I was like, I didn't know that existed. That's so cool. That gives me hope. Um, something else that gives me hope is this next generation of absolute lunatics who are out here trying to fix everything that was broken like, and making us look like old people while they're at it. Even though we're millennials, we're still young. It's fine. I think I'm out of time. Am I out of time? Oh. Five seconds. Uh, last good thing. Dogs. Dogs are always good. Dogs give me hope. Yes. <laughs> yes, Bex. I loved all of those. I also didn't know about that. What would you say? It was a travel meetup for gay interracial couples? Yeah. I didn't know that existed, but there are all these, like, since pandemic, all these couples have started, like, hitting the road and bringing their lives on the road. And they're safe meetups for queer people and interracial couples who may not have, you know, safe spots to go to on the road. I love that so much. Whenever I travel, you know, we always have to think about, you know, those things. We can't just go anywhere because we want to make sure yeah. that we're safe. So I absolutely love that. I'm going to look more into that. All right. Um, okay. I guess we're going to start the timer for me. Yeah. Three. Two. I'll kick it off with dogs because I love my dog Kingston. He's just a good sign anytime. You know, when I open this door and we're done taping this podcast, he will be there smiling. And that's a good sign that there is still good in this world. Second thing, I saw there was a little boy who learned to do the Heimlich maneuver from the show The Good Doctor and save somebody's life. And that blew my mind because people always talk about entertainment and TV and social media and all these things. Saying that it can't bring any good, but you can actually learn from these things. You can educate yourself in different ways. So I, I absolutely love that. Before I really, you know, got successful hosting, I was a server and I saw that somebody left a bartender like a $4,000 tip on a $141 bill. And that made me happy. The most I ever got was like $30 on a $10 bill during Christmas time. And that was amazing. Uh, <laughs> uh, something else is good. Oh, I'm married. Uh, got married uh, a few weeks ago. Congratulations. And that's a big deal. Oh, wait a minute now. You can't call time on that. Wait a minute. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I appreciate it. As a son of a pastor and who grew up in the South, marrying um, the man of my dreams was a, a, a big deal. And I'm just very, very, I, I feel blessed that, you know, we were able to make it happen. But that was five good signs. You actually got to five. I got to four. But yours should count double because any gay wedding should count as a double win. Okay, I will take that. I will take that. So <laughs> we did our five good signs. So hopefully that made you smile and gave you a little bit of hope. But our main goal for this show is to find current events, news, anything really that we think is essential for us to share with you. And today, the Love Struck team brought us a recent study about the nature of trauma and post-traumatic stress that we can't wait to share with you. It may, just may, change the way you think about some of the hard experiences in your life. And you may be asking, are we qualified psychologists? Absolutely not. No. (laughs) (laughs) Are we just two people trying to figure out how to exactly maneuver this bizarre world of ours, looking for any sort of help along the way? Absolutely. So let's go ahead (laughs) and get into it. And yeah, let's get into let's get into kind of what this study says. So it turns out that we have significant flaws in the studies of post-traumatic growth. Shocker. For centuries, we've assumed that most people who experience traumatic experiences go on to develop this greater appreciation for life, for stronger relationships and emotional strength. And this has always been called post-traumatic growth. So often this thought can be comforting. A lot of terrible things can happen. Sometimes this makes it feel worth it. And pause right there. How many times has something happened to you and then people try to encourage you and say, but you should be grateful that happened because look at you now. And it's like, okay. It's the worst. (laughs) Did it have to happen? Like, Yeah, like how does this help me? Like I get that it got me to where this is, but how does you reminding me of that help me right now? It is almost as if they're saying That if this thing didn't happen to you, you would never have gotten to like the place you are at today. But we'll never know. And yeah, you would never know. Did you, I mean, I don't want to get too personal, but did you like grow up with a traumatic childhood or any like major traumatic experiences and were told like, oh, you know, it's going to make you stronger in the long run? Oh, absolutely. I I grew up with, with some medical trauma. I have some chronic health issues and illnesses. And growing up, I was told that this is this is how you become a fighter and and i even was told like look at your grandfather for an example he's had a pacemaker for 30 years and he was given 5 to live so as long as you just hunker down and be better than the odds you've been given you can survive and on the one hand it's like yeah that that did teach me how to fight for myself and and fight for my health and i'm still dealing with the healthcare trauma of it. And, and, and the reality is that when I get sick, I get scared. And I don't think that that particular thing makes me any stronger in the long run, if that makes sense. No, it totally makes sense. I feel like for so many of us, we were told that these things make you stronger without actually addressing like the, the feelings within. And we're going to get into that when we get into this study. But even when I try to think about, you know, traumatic experiences growing up, I think you know, for me, being in the closet was obviously a traumatic experience just in general navigating oh, yeah. that. But like there were other things that maybe I've blocked or that I didn't realize until I started going to therapy nice. literally last year because I was against therapy for so long because I was like, I don't I don't need that. I don't need to, you know, what, what's the purpose of like breaking down these walls and going into these deeper emotions and feelings? Because 
that's how many of us were taught to navigate is just to, you know, swallow it, let it go and, and move on and it will make you stronger. But just bottle it up until it explodes. Right. And then when you have these random days where you just start crying, you're like, I don't know what's wrong. Well, <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> maybe we talked about things more. <laughs> we could figure out yeah. what was wrong. We just assume that, one, we sh- either shouldn't have those feelings or two, it's a burden for people. And really, if we yes. all stop looking at it as a burden and realize that if we opened up about our trauma, opened up about our experiences and emotions, that we can find commonalities within each other's experiences that maybe we can all grow from. I think that would exactly. be an amazing thing. Did I get to where I am today because of things that happened in my past? Absolutely. Could I have gotten here without some of those things happening? Possibly. Probably. We don't know, though. We have no way of knowing. Right. We literally have no way of knowing. So I love that this uh, this study came out based on a series of talks presented in Chicago at the Association for Psychological Science. Say that 10 times fast. <laughs> no. Some researchers call this perspective largely illusory. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robey, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Some researchers call this perspective largely illusory. They say that because these surveys have always required people to assess their personal growth over time, the results were skewed. Now, back when they did these studies, they would have people do these surveys, and it goes into this talk of with these surveys. It's hard to let somebody do a survey talking about this growth because most people feel like if they don't have this growth or they still have negative feelings or emotions or trauma, then I don't want to say punish is the word, but like they're doing something wrong. I didn't even realize until I read that, that we are, especially in Western culture, like ingrained to think that everything has to have a happy ending. And and I think it does hinder how we process some of these emotions and feelings. hundred percent. I've been watching Love Island and something that's been happening, of course, I have, I'm garbage. I've been watching Love Island UK and one thing that's happening in the in the most recent two episodes is this guy is like, we've been through so much, we have to work out. We just have to because we've been through all this. And I keep hearing that and going, no, it doesn't have to be for any reason. You don't have to have gone through all this trauma in order for it to work in the long run. Maybe you've gone through all this trauma because it's not working and it's never going to. Don't mm-hmm. keep pushing on something that hurts because you hope that it'll stop hurting eventually. Because it might not. That is so true. And I think so many of us are, I think it leads to so many of us just being afraid of the unknown, um, which unfortunately causes us to lean more into the the trauma because that's something that we're familiar with. Historically, psychologists thought, you know, if a person couldn't rebound from a traumatic event, that that was a person failing. And research after the Vietnam War changed that narrative and collectively our understanding of PTSD. And as it turns out, only one fifth of people who experienced trauma developed PTSD. And then in 2009, a study in psychological science said that 1,500 undergraduate students participated. 122 reported experiencing a traumatic event during um, that week period. And then they filled out a survey comparing their current state of mind to the past. They say people are terrible at remembering how they felt in the past. And this led psychologists to wonder if people are able to accurately report how they have grown. And then another problem with the old way of studying this is the participants feel pressure, like I was saying earlier, to show that they've grown and not growing is shown as a regression. A a personal failing even when it's not. Right. It really makes me happy, though, when these type of uh, studies and articles come out and they're like, okay, let's look at something that's been established for so long and let's kind of like just really break this down and see if that's accurate and is it actually, you know, working for people in this world. And another way to improve has been developed by Adriel Bowles, who's asking people whether they have changed because of a traumatic event or despite of it. And that's an important distinction. I really like that question. Right. I wasn't even aware of it. I don't know if you've experienced this, Bex, but I would be in a therapy session and she would ask one question like midway through that would 
unlock something. I don't know if you guys have seen on on um, those memes where it's like core memory unlocked. You know what? Unlock something that I completely blocked or forgot about. And I'm like, whoa. And then the tears start flowing. And you realize that you have blocked this trauma or blocked this event or blocked whatever yeah. this is. And all those times where you're saying, oh, I don't know where this is coming from. It's like, oh, no, I, I, I did know. I just I had it. You no, know, whatever. And I don't know when we got to this point where we were told like not to talk about those things. But you talked earlier about, you know, this newer generation or these newer generations. And I I think that's one of the things I love is that they're so it's almost like this brutal honesty and openness that yeah. feels uncomfortable to not just millennials, but definitely people who are older than us. But it it's something that is also refreshing because we were. I mean, growing up, like you just didn't talk about certain things. You didn't open up about a lot of things. And hell, I had a queer guidance counselor who told me not to come out. It it was just different. One thing I'm really excited about this next generation is that, well, there was another study that came out recently that was essentially proving the existence of generational trauma. Mm. And what I'm excited about this next generation is, you know, I, I like to think that the millennials are are the ones in the labs figuring out the answers in these studies. And the, the generations after us are the ones going, okay, thanks for showing us. Now we're going to fix it. Yeah. Now we're going to get rid of this generational trauma that has been passed down to us for decades, centuries. Yeah. And I have so much respect for this new generation because that is their mindset. While we're stuck here going in the like, oh God, I'm an adult. I'm supposed to be doing things. Oh no. The younger generation is like, uh, I don't want to be an adult, but I'm going to fix it so the adults don't have to. Absolutely. And I, I think it gives me so much hope. Like it really does give me hope. I wake up every day. Obviously, you have to keep up with the news. Like you, <laughs> I want to just avoid it, but you have right? to keep up. It's a sad reality. And even if you do try to avoid it, you'll get an alert or a headline or you'll just be scrolling on social media and it'll be happy, happy, happy. Doom. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I remember what I saw the other day. And I was just like, like, are you are you actually kidding me? Like, what is going on? Like, I think uh, one, two days ago, I saw something in Texas where it was like a field of mosquitoes. And it was the most like it was millions of mosquitoes. Just I have never seen anything like that. And then um, anyway, I'm always just scrolling and it will go from happy to what is going on to back to happy. And I think that's kind of the the limbo that we're all in just to cope and maintain. But what I love about, you know, this this study and what people are doing, because there was another study that was led by scientists at Brown University in the U.S. and the University of Concepcion in Chile, is it just blew my mind. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There was another study that was led by scientists at Brown University in the U.S. and the University of Concepcion in Chile. And it just blew my mind. They actually did an examination of 1,160 1, Chileans in 2003 and 2011 before and after the 2010 earthquake. The study found that if individuals had experienced a certain number of stressors before the earthquake and other parts of their lives, they were actually more likely to develop PTSD after the earthquake, which made them question, does trauma actually make you stronger? Well, yeah. And that also goes back into like the whole, the one fifth of people who experience trauma developing PTSD. Well, what if those one in five have all experienced excess of trauma leading up to that final traumatic event? Whoa. I think about when it comes to 
COVID, right? Because mm-hmm. some people don't want to talk about it, but like COVID has been traumatic for many of us. People lost their lives. Uh, some people got like dangerously ill. People lost their livelihood, their way of life, their career, all sorts of things. So many things. And you know, you've had these traumatic events over the years. I know for us millennials, there are certain defining moments. You know, there was COVID, like there was nine eleven. There was like there were there were certain things where we like definitely remember and it changed our lives. And I even think about like before COVID, I was stressed with the job I was working. And after COVID hit and we moved to home and we were doing all these things, it became this buildup, which one, led me to get into therapy. And then two, led me to actually leaving that job, realizing that it was toxic. And I feel like not to compare my job to an earthquake, but I say all that to say when that traumatic experience happened, it really enhanced the stressors that I was having before with that job. And I was like, oh, and it made me more aware of, oh, oh gosh, I have to get out of this because I can't even handle it anymore. So I really do love that these studies are coming out and that we are actually saying out loud that, hey, the whole what doesn't kill you makes you stronger maybe isn't the best thing. And in fact, it may there may be basis to say the exact opposite, that what doesn't kill you actually leaves you more sensitive to the next thing that tries to kill you. Yes, absolutely. It's the same thing with heat exhaustion. Like I, after having heat exhaustion once, they tell you straight up, you are more likely to get it a second, third, fourth time because your body now knows what it's like and is now more at risk for it. Why wouldn't trauma be the same thing? Here's a quick set of fun facts about what doesn't kill you makes you stronger because a lot of people are going to attribute that to Kelly Clarkson. That is not who <laughs> said it first. That was actually Nietzsche who said it first, like like classic philosopher. Yeah. If you want to know more about the original what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, definitely go check out some Nietzsche. Okay. I would love to have a conversation with him based on this these new findings though. Right. And and I guess my my follow-up question to that is now that we know about this, what can we actually do to improve this beyond just therapists? And I think the first thing I'll say is if somebody comes to you with a traumatic experience or dealing with these emotions, they're trying to navigate it. I think the biggest thing that I want to work on is just listening and not going straight into the, but everything's going to be okay. Just really listening and and hearing those emotions, hearing those feelings and not guaranteeing that everything's going to be okay. Just I'm here for you, whatever you need. That's what I've tried to get better at. Like, I love that. It's so ingrained in me to say everything's going to be okay. There's going to be a positive outcome. I know that this happened to you, but as opposed to, man, that's really hard. Yeah. How do you feel? Let's talk about it. That's one thing that I I know I'm just going to keep referencing strange medias, but I'm going for Frozen 2 this time. So we're going to keep it like (laughs) weird, eclectic vibe. Um, but in Frozen 2, we see we see Kristoff really embodying that. He said his line is literally, I'm here, how can I help? Yeah. And I want more of us to have that Kristoff energy, you know? Just that that sensitivity to not just those we love, but anybody stuck on this earth with us. Compassion. Mm, I love that. Compassion and hope. I feel like that's what this episode has been all about. Listen, as we draw to a close, we want to recognize that talking about issues like this can feel overwhelming. These are big problems and it's hard to know where to start. We're right here with you. Uh, But the thing is, we do all have to do something because no one else is going to. So 
instead of trying to go out there and trying to make a massive difference overnight, we challenge you to try and make a tiny change in your life today, a 1% change. Can you improve something in your life by 1% or do a tiny thing that makes a difference in the world? Do it and do it again tomorrow. Pretty soon, those percentage points will add up. For me, my 1% challenge, I think, but I'll just do what I just said, just to listen more. Listen more and, and, and realize I don't have all the answers. None of us do. Listen and, and, and be kind. That's, that's my challenge um, as I go into this week. What about you, Bex? I love that. I, I love that. I think what I'm going to do this week is when my friends come to me, I'm going to try to remember to ask. Because mm. and, and I, I want to listen, but I also want to ask um, what they need. Because I, I, you know, sometimes I just barrel through and go straight for like, okay, solution mode. But it's, I want to really ask my friends compassion or solution when, when, they, when they need support so that I can support them the best that that they need. Oh my gosh. I am totally going to start using that compassion or solution. Also, I'm going to use yeah. that in my marriage. Like when, when we're going through it, it's so good. That's a game changer. Compassion or solution. I can't tell you how many times, like, I'm like, I don't want a solution right now. I just want you to listen to me, please. Exactly. I had a full meltdown yesterday and my wife is on the floor with me going, do you just want me to hold you? And I'm like, yeah. Yes, I love it so much. It's so helpful. Let us know what your 1% challenge is for this week. Please, please, please uh, write in and let us know. Um, and also, thank you all for listening. Uh, we really do appreciate it. So you can follow along with the show on Lovestruck Daily on Instagram and Twitter. Again, that's at Lovestruck Daily on Instagram and Twitter. Or you can email lovestruckdaily at frolic.media. I highly recommend this one because I just, I love the word frolic. Why would you not want to email <laughs> with frolic in the name? Yes, please do email lovestruckdaily at frolic.media. And then where can we find you? I'm on Instagram at Bex underscore TK and on Twitter at IbexWeBex. Ooh, IbexWeBex, yeah. we all Bex. Um, <laughs> and then um, for me, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Emil Ennis Jr. And I'm on TikTok at Emil Ennis Jr. 31. Oh, yeah. If you want to find me on TikTok, you got to search for me. I'm not going to tell you what it is because it's more fun that way. Oh, we have a challenge. We have the yeah. we have the one percent challenge, and then we have the <laughs> find bets on TikTok challenge. So that's our that's our new thing. Our researcher for this is Jesse Epstein, and our editor is Jen Jacobs. We're produced by Abigail Steckler with Little Scorpion Studios. We're executive produced by Frolic Media, and this is an iHeartRadio podcast. We do appreciate you listening, and we will see you next time. with you.